are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 204th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you'll get $10 off your first Built Bar order. Alright, to start off the show today, another gloomy morning here in the suburbs of Chicago. I touched on this topic a bit in yesterday's episode, but I want to get into more depth about it today. And that is Corey Crawford supposedly being offered a one-year contract worth around $3.5 million from the Chicago Blackhawks, according to The Athletic's Scott Powers, who is a trusted source around the Blackhawks and personally one of my favorite beat writers, so... I don't think this is just a rumor. I do think in uh I do in fact think that that is what the Hawks would have to offer Crawford somewhere around the 3.5 3.75 million dollar range. And as I said yesterday, I like that the Hawks only offered 1 year because that is all they can afford to do right now. Looking at the free agent goaltenders in this offseason who are legitimate solutions if Crawford is not around, well It's literally a bunch of old guys like Jimmy Howard, Craig Anderson, Mike Smith, etc. And then the guys who they actually, uh, some of the higher end guys in free agency who they won't be able to afford. Robin Leonard, he'll be out of the price range. Same with Braden Holpe, who they should probably stay away from regardless. Jacob Markstrom wants like $6 million apparently, so that's not happening. And then I also almost feel like Anton Kudobin has played his way out of the Blackhawks' price range with his play in this postseason. He could be getting somewhere around $5 million possibly, or maybe even more if he can continue to help the Stars and they reach the Stanley Cup, or hell, even win it. Um, but besides those guys, like I said, mostly players who are out of their prime, like Jimmy Howard, Cam Talbot's another guy, Brian Elliott... So, Tomas Grice, he is an option for the Blackhawks that I have talked about, but he's going to turn 35 at the start of next season, so he's basically the same age as Crawford, and between the two, I think we all know who we would rather have as our number one goaltender heading into next season. So, now the ball is in Crawford's court, as Powers put it, and it's up to him if he's willing to take a bit of a hometown discount to remain as the starter here in Chicago. And during his exit interview with the Blackhawks media, we did hear Crawford say how he values playing time more than salary this time around in free agency. So, if the $3.5 million isn't a problem for him, he probably could get at least four on the open market, maybe even more. 
then he will definitely be the starter for the Blackhawks next season because taking a look at the other goaltenders in the system at the moment, we know they are not going to be signing Malcolm Subban. I just don't see that happening. That would leave the Hawks with Colin Delia, Kevin Lankinen, and Matt Tompkins. Delia is expected to be the backup goaltender to whoever is starting in goal on opening night next year. But Lankinen could make a push for that spot if he has a strong training camp. We've seen him perform well in the past. I talk about him uh, pretty often on the podcast when I get the opportunity. He's someone I I do believe in. I think he could have a role in the NHL at some point. He was an AHL All-Star last season. And last summer, he led Finland to a gold medal at the IIHF World Championship. He played tremendously in net for Team Finland. So he's capable of becoming an NHL goaltender. I really do believe that. It's just a matter of him being able to put it all together and become consistent enough to trust in a larger role. Uh, We saw Lankinen kind of fade in the second half of the regular season while he was in the AHL with Rockford, while Delia played really well, and he's been there for a couple years now, and that's why a lot of people think he has the upper hand uh, to be the number two goaltender next season. Regardless, though, none of none of those guys are going to be stealing starts from Corey Crawford if he does re-sign here. So, if he's willing to take a little less to stay in Chicago, then he will be the starter for the Blackhawks this upcoming season. Now, I've had a lot of people mention to me on Twitter... Uh, A lot of people at me saying that this contract offer from the Blackhawks was disrespectful to Crawford, especially because it was only for one year. But look, that's all the Blackhawks are able to afford right now because the salary cap is locked in at $81.5 million for each of the next three years because of COVID-19. That really hurt this team financially. The Hawks were really looking forward to the cap going up, and now that isn't the case. That will force the Hawks to be a bit stingier with their money in the upcoming off-seasons than we were going to originally expect. Uh, and at the moment, we just we cannot afford to lock down Corey Crawford for $6 million or maybe even more for the next two seasons. He's going to be 36 this December, and there is a bit of risk with the injuries in the past. So I think a one-year deal makes the most sense for this team right now. And if Crawford sees it as a slap in the face or sees it as a sign of disrespect and he goes and signs elsewhere, then I understand that 100% as well. He could probably get more elsewhere. But the business side of things needs to take over for Chicago right now because of the COVID-19 cap situation. And that's forcing Stan Bowman to only offer a one-year contract to Crawford right now. Well, now at least we know roughly what Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks front office are thinking dollar-wise in terms of re-signing Crawford, and now it's on Crow to decide whether or not he thinks that is a fair offer or if he wants to test out the waters in free agency just as a measuring stick. So I think that takes care of all the latest on Corey Crawford's contract situation with the Blackhawks. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk about whether or not Chris Versteeg took a bit of a dig at the Blackhawks coaching staff during his interview on Spittin' Chicklets earlier in the week. And later on in the episode, we'll have our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment. So be sure to stick around to find out who today's feature is on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, 
I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar is back, and I now have 18 flavors. Six of them are new. The six new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are all covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber, so make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get $10 off your first order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for $10 off your first Built Bar order. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished wrapping up all the details that have emerged recently regarding the Blackhawks' rumored contract offer to pending unrestricted free agent goaltender Corey Crawford. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about Chris Versteeg's interview on the Spittin' Chicklets podcast. Uh, It was a great interview, by the way. If you haven't checked it out yet, I definitely suggest you do so. Versteeg had some great stuff to share about his time with the Blackhawks, where he described himself as Quenville's whipping boy sometimes, and he actually shared a couple of stories where Dave Boland would be on the ice, Versteeg wore 32 and Boland wore 36. Boland would be on the ice and he would mess something up. And Q would holler, God damn it, Versteeg, and whatnot. And Steger would, would be like, Q, I'm on the bench. And then Q would just bark back at him like, F you, and, and whatever. And it was just great. A lot of great stories on there from Versteeg's journey into the NHL and during his time overseas and with a bunch of different franchises. But one little tidbit I did want to talk about on today's episode was when Versteeg was talking about what the coaching staff is trying to do in Chicago right now. And what he said was, and I quote, they play these five-man pressures. It's just pressure points all over. And that's what Chicago is actually trying to do because they have all the Swedish coaches But you can't do that in the NHL because the ice is smaller and also the pressure point. If you miss someone in the NHL, it's a penalty. Or if you hook them or slash them. But in Sweden, the slashing, like on your hands and all that, that's why you can high pressure there. And the ice is bigger too, so if you get beat, you can still kind of get back. Close quote. So, not really a, a dig there, but... That's Versteeg's take on what the Blackhawks are trying to do right now. 
And don't forget, he's a guy who was in this organization to start last season. He was the captain of the Rockford Icehogs, so for him to sound a little bit discouraged and not believing in the system the Blackhawks are trying to run right now, that tells me something. And I'm sure if a veteran guy like Versteeg, who was around Q to win a couple of Stanley Cups, much like Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, and Corey Crawford have, I'm sure then there is some doubt in their minds about this interesting system Colleton is trying to run right now as well. And so far, this system clearly is not working. Like, is for so for those of you who didn't tune into Versteeg's interview on Spit and Chicklets, he talked about how the refing in Sweden how they don't call anything over in Sweden and how the ice is bigger. So the Blackhawks, they have all these Swedish coaches and they're trying to take that game and move it over to the NHL. But one, it's not going to work because in the NHL, they actually call penalties. Literally, Versteeg called the play in Sweden rugby on ice because they don't call anything. So you can do that in Sweden because you can kind of get away with things if you get beat a little bit. And also, if you do get beat, there's more ice for you to to skate back and get back into position. In the NHL, if you get beat, the guy's gone in the other uh, gone in the other direction just like that. So that's Versteeg's mindset right now on the system that is clearly failing and. Since Jeremy Colleton has taken over as head coach of the Blackhawks, they're still just as bad defensively as a team. They're maybe even worse than when Q was here at the end of his tenure. So to hear Versteeg come out and critique the system the Hawks are trying to run right now publicly on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, that really makes me concerned about the future of this team under Jeremy Colleton's wing. And just the way that Versig was able to dissect and critique the system so easily. Like, he clearly pointed out the flaws in the system, and he clearly showed why it's not working in the NHL right now. And if you watch the Hawks this year, then you know the pressure points he's talking about. The Blackhawks always are trying to have pressure points on the puck in the neutral zone, and a lot of the time, they get beat in those areas to allow goals. So, two things. One, I'm not sure if... Jeremy Colleton's system will ever work in the NHL. And two, I'm not sure if the players, especially the veterans, guys like Keith and Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, and that makes me go back and think, if you all remember when Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane left the ice after the Game 5 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, there was that debate whether or not Jonathan Taze gave the coaching staff the cold shoulder as he didn't really say anything to them when they exited the ice. He just kind of waited for Kane and tapped him on the shoulder and walked off with him. That makes me wonder if those veterans who have been around for a while and have never played this style of play before, I wonder if they're not completely buying in because these things clearly are not working on the defensive side of things for the Chicago Blackhawks right now. And the players don't seem to be too happy with how Jeremy Colleton is running the show from behind the bench. All right, so that takes care of everything I wanted to talk about regarding Chris Versteeg's interview on Spittin' Chicklets earlier this week. Once again, if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to do so. It's a great interview stuffed with a bunch of interesting stories and tidbits from Versteeg's career career throughout wherever he was playing. He's played in so many different places. 
So I, I highly recommend checking that out for you because it, it's just got a lot of good stuff packed in there. Now I think that will take us to our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Blackhawks during their short postseason run. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey. Or you can also always email the Locked On Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we just finished up talking about Chris Versteeg's take on... Jeremy Colleton's system with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now it's time for our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, with today's feature being 2019 third overall pick Kirby Doc. So in the regular season, Doc had his moments where he would flash the potential of becoming a superstar in this league, but for the most part, he just wasn't physically mature enough to handle the NHL level. But still, Jeremy Carlton, the Blackhawks, let Doc learn through his struggles in the regular season as he wound up playing in 64 of the team's 70 games. And the couple of months away from the ice because of the COVID-19 pause may have helped Kirby Doc more than anyone else in the NHL as he took the time to get much stronger and quicker on his feet and just more comfortable and confident in his abilities on the ice. And Doc's hard work was noticeable right from the first few days of training camp as both players and Blackhawks coaches took the time to talk to the media about Doc's rapid improvements in all facets of his game. And those improvements became even more noticeable when Doc hit the ice for his uh, first set of postseason action against the Edmonton Oilers as in his first three postseason, postseason games, The 19-year-old picked up four assists for a three-game point streak, and what was even more impressive is that Doc went on to lead the Blackhawks forwards in ice time in Game 3, where he racked up a career-high 23 minutes and 21 seconds of time on ice, and that would be the start of three consecutive games where Doc would see over 20 minutes of ice time. So he continued to receive just a larger and larger role in the Blackhawks' top six. As the postseason went on, he was getting his most ice time uh, during the end of the series Uh, during the end of the qualifying round series against Edmonton and then early on in the first round against Vegas. And in Game 2 against the Golden Knights, Doc wound up with his first career postseason goal, which was his first point since Game 3 versus Edmonton to snap a two-game point streak. And then we saw Doc go on to tally one more assist in the final three games of the first round against the Vegas Golden Knights. So he finished with one goal and five assists for six points in his first career, uh, first nine career postseason games. 
Um, Kirby was also plus three with 13 hits while averaging 19 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time. And as I mentioned, he was around 14 minutes during the regular season. So I don't think anyone expected his ice time to jump up that much in the playoffs. I think most of us saw Doc in a third line role for the Hawks where he would play 12 to 15 minutes a night depending on how he was looking that game. But he played a mark a much larger role than that. He was playing mostly with Patrick Kane on the Blackhawks' second line by the end of the playoff run, and he was actually one of the team's most noticeable players in the offensive zone. So I'm really happy overall with what I saw from Kirby Doc, and I'm certainly excited about the player he is going to become down the road. Two areas, though, where I thought Doc really struggled in the playoffs. One, obviously, was at the faceoff dot. The Blackhawks were actually dominant as a team in these playoffs in the faceoff department, but Doc was the one guy that had problems, which is kind of expected at his age. He won just 30% of his faceoffs in the postseason, so that's definitely one area where he needs to get better at, and I'm not going to get on him too much about that because I know with time he's only going to get better and better. He's still only 19 years old. You don't really expect any 19-year-old kid to come in the league and win 50% of his faceoffs right away. But the other area is something he had more control over in the postseason, and that was his inability to make the easy play and just fire the puck on net. There had to be at least five or six instances throughout the nine games where I yelled at my TV for Kirby to shoot the puck, and instead he tried to get fancy and make the perfect pass, and it would never work out in his favor. And he only wound up with 16 shots on goal, And for how large of a role he played in the playoffs, he definitely needs to be putting up more than that. So for Doc, work on face-offs and work on just making the easy play in the offseason. And if all goes well, then he's going to be a major impact player real soon, potentially even next year for the Chicago Blackhawks. So overall, taking all of this into consideration... I'm going to give Kirby Doc an A for his performance in the postseason. I don't think anyone saw this one. I don't think anyone saw this much production coming from Kirby. I mean, the kid had just 23 points in 64 games during the regular season while averaging just 14 minutes per night. That jumped up nearly five minutes in the playoffs, and he was one of the team's most effective players. So I can't not be happy with what I saw from Kirby Doc, and if he can just shed that pass-first mentality that he has embedded into his brain, then it'll be only a matter of time before he becomes a superstar in this league for the Chicago Blackhawks. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Kirby Doc's 2020 postseason recap and Wednesday, September 9th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from both the Eastern and Western Conference Final. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com 
or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.